Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Good morning, Christ South. It's awesome to be with you in sort of an unusual way, in an unusual place. Uh, This past week, I got a chance to go and take the family off to the mountains. And so I'm bringing the sermon to you from that place today. For those of you guys that are coming to our in-person experience, we want to make sure you know that's at 4 p.m. at Threshold. And we'll be live there in person. It's going to be an absolute blast. There's been a lot of things happening, changing, right? Not only in our lives, but in the things that have been going on with uh, every part of our church experience. And then through the midst of those things, we've, we've really started taking this last year to, to rethink and begin to fully understand what it means for us to be the church that we are. And so we've examined a lot of the things that have worked really well and the things that maybe we want to do slightly differently. And so as we've done that, we've, we've kind of looked at re-envisioning what our mission statement looks like as a whole church. And I brought it to you guys a few weeks ago. Um, I guess it was almost, yeah, it was about, about a month ago now when I brought to you this new idea that we'd be kind of redefining ourselves to find community, to build faith, and to reach beyond. Three really important but very, very simple ways to understand what it is that we are as a congregation and how it is that we're going to exist going forward. So our sermon series is beginning in this fine community. We're we're going to dive deep into it. We're going to revisit it again in the fall. uh, But as we get started here, we're going to get a little foretaste of the feast to come. Now, in doing that, I, uh, I'm really excited that I'm actually going to read to you a story. Before, I'm going to read to you some scripture, then I'm going to read to you a story. And this is actually a story that my wife, Pastor Melody, wrote. And I read it, and I was like, I have to preach that. I have to preach that. Will you please let me preach this story that she wrote? I love it. I can't wait for you to hear it. Before we dive in, let's read some scripture together. This comes from Mark 2. It's the New Living Translation. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word for them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. But Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, (laughs) grabbed his mat, and walked through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. This is the story of William by Pastor Melody Simpkins. 
William crawled to the chair and struggled to pull himself up on top to sit down. Life has been hard since the accident. He used to be a strong man. As a kid, he and Jude and Timothy and Joseph and Simon would run down to the creek. William was always the fastest one. When they would all gather to play, it was William that led the charge to play the hardest, run the fastest, and be the best. As a teenager, William made more money than all the other boys because he could haul in the most fish and clean them the fastest. He was the strongest and the most athletic. But now, life was a struggle. The accident happened two years after both of William's parents died. After their death, he continued to ask himself, what did he do to deserve this? He had no family anymore, at least not any family by blood. Jude, Timothy, Joseph, and Simon have been with him since he was young and are closest family that he even has. But now they all have families of their own. William isn't always front in their minds, but he makes it the best that he can. The boys help William out financially whenever they can. They all went in a few years to go to buy their own boats so together they could partner in their own fishing company. They, they help when they can, but something they're just, they help when they can. But when funds are low and William doesn't have anything to live on, he makes his way down to the gate where the other beggars hang out and ask for handouts from the passers-by. He hates begging. It's not in his blood. It's not who he is. William never saw himself as one that would need to beg. He was a hard worker that took care of himself. That was until the accident. Now he's one of those people, beggars. He's one of those people, beggars. Everything has changed since the accident. What did he do to deserve this? One day as he was leaning against the city wall in the shade, he heard a group of beggars talking about a man that was going around preaching and teaching. People were following this man around the countryside, but when Williams, but then he, William's ears perked up when one man told a story of this healer man. He said that a, this healer man had healed a leper. He said that the healer man had healed other people too. Once home, William kept thinking about this healer man. Do you think he's for real? I mean, he can't be, right? It's got to be some kind of trick or something like that. How could anybody actually change their own situation like that? I mean, that's crazy. As he went to bed that night, though, a glimmer of hope sparked in William. Maybe, just maybe, it's for real. The next morning, as William was crawling out of his house, he saw people running towards the other side of town. He overheard them talking about the, the healer man coming. That's the man he, he'd heard about. He thought that the thought that William was trying to suppress came to the forefront of his mind. Could, could this man actually heal me? William knew he needed to make his way to the house where the healer man was. He used his forearms to pull his lower useless body down the road. This, this was the normal way of getting around, but he don't, doesn't normally have to travel quite this far. Usually he only goes from house to market and gate to the well, but, but all of which take him just a half an hour or so. But this is on the other side of town. And he thought to himself, I, I can do this. I, I've got to do this. As he got tired, he willed his arms to keep going, 
one after the other of hours of constant movement. His arms started to ache. At each movement he made, rocks cut him as he slipped down a steep embankment. William finally made it to the side of the house where he knew the healer man was teaching. It was up on a steep hill, and he could already see that the crowd was pushing all the way out the door. There were more and more people heading in that direction, too. They just seemed to pass him by, though, like he was invisible. William was glad, too, because he really didn't want people to see him struggle. He didn't want them to know that he thought he could be healed. I mean, because surely he did something to deserve this. What did he do to deserve this? As William lay on the ground looking at the sky, he heard his name being yelled by familiar faces. His friends were looking for him. Timothy saw him first and ran over, calling to the others to follow him. There were his friends Jude and Timothy, Simon and Joseph, together as always. These are the men that he had known for so long, his family. But, but why were they there, right? Why, why were they not working? Simon answered the questions that William was thinking with excitement in his voice. He talked about how they had heard of this healer man. They were talking in their fishing boat about how the healer man may be able to help William. So maybe, maybe even heal him. Simon said they even talked about the healer man. The more and the more they talked about him, they knew that William would absolutely need to see Jesus. They left their fishing boat on the shore and ran to find William. Timothy picked up the story and told William that they had been looking for him for the last hour and scoured the city for their friend. William explained that he, he had the same thought, the same hope. He was using all his strength to work his way to the house where the healer man was, but just couldn't make it. The hill was too steep. The crowd was too heavy. Then Jude... Jude jumped into the conversation. See, he was the one that reminded us always of our history. He was constantly quoting our fathers, Abraham, Moses, and Elijah. He asked if I was trying to come here. He asked William if he was coming to this healer man all, all by himself. William shook his head slowly, knowing that Jude would bring insight that he was missing and Maybe just didn't want to acknowledge. Jude reminded the group that in Moses' life too, he tried to take everything on himself. He reminded the group of when Moses was with all of our ancestors in the wilderness, Moses' father-in-law needed to go to him and remind him that God had provided community already, that Moses didn't need to do everything by himself. Then he even quoted the scripture to him. This is not good, it said in the scripture, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. William knew that Jude was right. God had blessed William with this group of men that had always been for them, there for him. They were there in his childhood and in his adolescence. They were there when William lost his parents and they had been there since the accident. William didn't know why he had to be reminded of this gift, but he was so glad he was. Then Simon pulled out a mat. William looked confused. Simon explained that they had come to bring this, to take William to see this healer man. Jude said that the healer man was the Messiah that they had been waiting for. William got onto the mat 
and hope started brightening his face. His friends each took a corner and lifted William. They made their way up to the house, but the crowd again was too much. They couldn't even make their way close to the home to see the healer man. The boys tried to get as close to a window even, but to no avail. Joseph was the one who was always the most daring, and he came up with an idea. His notions were always crazy. He thought they could just lift William up to the roof, dig through the roof, and then lower him down. <laughs> Timothy, who was always the level-headed one, asked, how in the world are we going to pay for destroying this person's roof? It's going to take a week's wages for us all to make the repairs if we destroyed that roof. Simon, the most frugal of the group, said if they all worked and just put in a little extra load of fishing that maybe next week they can make enough to cover the expenses needed to fix the hole they'd hoped to make. The suggestion brought tears to William's eyes because he knew what this meant. If they wouldn't get home till long after their kids were in bed and his heart swelled at the thought of his friends making that sacrifice for him. Jude, <laughs> with the heart of a true believer, said that after William was healed, they wouldn't need to work longer days because William would join them in their boat. With the extra help, they'd be able to make up the money in no time. The others looked at him with hope in their eyes that this fact would be healing for William. So together, they lifted William up to the roof. All their hands were needed to break back all the lattice work and the protective layer of the roof, all the thatching. And finally, after several minutes of hard work and dirty, scarred up hands, there was a hole big enough for William. It opened up right above the head of the healer man. As they lowered William down on the mat, they could see the healer man look up at them. Through his smiling eyes, they could see the love that he had for them. But this healer man could see even more. There was an acknowledgement of faith that they had that he was the one who could bring ultimate healing. Once William was down in front of the healer man, the healer man bent down, looked William in the eyes and said, My child, your sins are forgiven. And William feel a change happening in his body and his legs a warm feeling started to cover him and he started to feel his legs again the healer man was talking to others in the room but William couldn't focus on what he was talking about all he could see was that at once his crippled legs became strong again the healer man looked at William then once again and said stand up pick up your mat and go home as William rolled over and picked up his mat the astonished crowd parted <gasps> They gasped and he ran out the door. There were his four friends crying, weeping, and they had been with him. They stood with him through thick and thin. They were there waiting for it. Tears of joy and amazement filled all their eyes as they embraced each other and they walked home arm in arm. And all William could think was, what did I do to deserve this? Pray with me if you would, church.
healer man. You bring forth community around us to bring us healing and hope. God, we give you thanks. And we praise you in the highest heavens, Lord, asking, oh, that just once we would feel what William felt, that healing and that hope that comes from community. Surround us all, Lord. Surround us each as individuals in this church with a community beyond measure that we might be able to find a place where we can belong. And God, as we remember, as we are the body of Christ, call us forth as your church to be community for one another. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's children say, Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.